Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Ah, yes, another Tuesday on the Tee Box, your weekly dysfunction. That is Maddie and the Caddy alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am Matt Barry. Welcome into the podcast. As always, subscribe, rate, download wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, the ESPN app. Hit us up on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at Maddie and Caddy. M-A-T-T-Y, the word and Caddy, C-A-D-D-I-E. So much to get to in today's program. Very excited about it. In fact, we are so excited to talk to each other again. We are going no guest. There's yeah. so much to get to today. Bryson right. DeChambeau yep. in a playoff win. Michael Collins making history for the wrong reasons. What? Phil Mickelson, <laughs> brilliant on Twitter. And Tiger Woods. I don't know about brilliant. Oh, Let's you, just, you know what? He's fun because it's new right now. And it's fun because he's not good at taking selfies. And that's what, that's what yeah. counts. We're going to get to that. We'll get to Tiger Woods. And we'll get to Colin spending some time with people that dress up for a living as adults. Uh, so all of that coming up. <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's lead with Bryson DeChambeau because quietly, Caddy, this young man is having a fine, fine golf season. You know, it's funny. He's number nine in the Ryder Cup standings. He was coming in anyway. So he was right there in the list. And now he puts so much work in. Can I just, you know, you know me, man. I'm honest, right? Like, even though I'm a member of the media, like, I'm not afraid because I don't feel like a member of the media. So when somebody says you're a media as, like, fighting words for me, especially when it comes to stuff like Bryson DeChambeau, because I hate the narrative they tried to put on him at the Open Championship. Which was when there was a camera that was like a paparazzi and it caught him at nine thirty at night, all alone on the range, frustrated and trying to figure something out. And he couldn't figure something out. And he could they basically shot him having a minor meltdown because mm-hmm. he was so frustrated. And he walked over, it was him, his caddy, his coach and stuff over there, and he has a meltdown. And they showed that. And make it seem like here's this brat, Bryson DeChambeau. Right. Look at him acting like a jerk. It's not. It was like 9.45. There wasn't one spectator out there. And he walked over by himself. And I really – the thing that – I'll be honest. The thing that pissed me off the most about it was that I, will, I asked him about it the next day. Mm-hmm. And me and him had a really good conversation about what happened and what he went through. And then I said, did anyone who shot that, anyone who was over here and filming you and you didn't know you were being filmed, did any of them come over and ask you what happened, why you were that way? And no, none of them did. And I really, really hate when people do stuff like Because it's so underhanded. And Bryson DeChambeau is a good dude who his whole life, has been told you can't do it that way. You can't do that. You know what? If you keep pounding that into somebody long enough and they keep proving you wrong, they might have a little edge. They might be a little different. (laughs) They might not be, they might not come off as like the most vanilla people in the entire world, which in the golf world, people are used to. So Bryson being Bryson, People will call him, they use the word cocky, but he's not cocky. 
not he's not cocky at all. What he is is he's a guy who's been told, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. That that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And if you keep saying that to somebody and they keep proving you wrong, they might be a little confident in what they're doing, and they might look at you when you call them. Man, that's crazy what that dude does. They might look at you like, yeah, crazy like what? The dude holding the trophy? Shut up. Are you uh, are you on Deshambo's payroll? Nah, but he what, did it, give me, yo, he gave me a ride in the Bentley. Yeah, we're gonna get to, we'll, we'll get to that yeah. in a minute. But here's what I, everybody else was driving BMWs. He drive no matter what, no matter what the courtesy cars are. Every single week, he rolls in the Bentley. All right, let me let me. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, I want to get to to your your DeChambeau rant filibuster. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I, I I understand cameras. Can, look, I think the cameras make Jordan Spieth look bad. I think they make him look like a spoiled brat. What they do? The the cameras make Jordan Spieth not look good. No yes, way, they, man. Yes, they do. He th- no, they don't. He's and here's throwing why. clubs. Let me let me get back to the DeChambeau thing. I'm going to tie it all together. All right, because they, that's not true with Jordan. Because they okay, go ahead. Go they ahead. always show him and Greller going at it. That was a big thing with him and Greller going at it back in the day. I know you have a different vantage point of that because you were a caddy, but right. that's how the cameras make them look. And yes. Bryson is just different. That's it. He's different. He's a different player. He's a different person. He approaches things uniquely to other players in the sport. And I think that is what people are saying about him. Can't- I'm glad that you brought up Jordan Spieth because let me ask you this then. So then how come the golden child gets a pass? That's his nickname anyway. And he hates it. And he also, when he went on his bachelor party, he didn't want it to be called Ibiza, which is what it's called because they were in Ibiza. That's so. Yeah, he keeps calling it Ibiza, which we we laugh about now. Thank you, Pat Perez, for giving us that little peek behind the curtain there for a minute. But this is what I'm saying. It's, I love that you use Jordan Spieth because compare Jordan and Bubba. Bubba and Teddy Scott, when they go toe-to-toe, Bubba's a jerk. What an ass. Yeah, but Bubba's, got that, re- Bubba's got the reputation amongst the well, players that's, as well. I'm just saying what I'm saying. That is, I know maybe that was a bad example. It because really wasn't good. I know, because Bubba does have that other side. There's there's two Bubbas. Anyway, but with Jordan, Jordan gets a pass. Jordan gets a pass with all of that stuff that you were saying, that TV makes him look bad, but yet when they show him doing that stuff, the announcers come on and go, man, he's got a lot of fight in him. Man, he's got some grit. That's oh, so I good agree. To see, blah, not- blah. Like, they make Jordan, when he does it, they're like, oh, that's so great to see him so passionate. But Bryson DeChambeau, who they don't even talk to, they just show video of and go, what a horrible way to behave on the golf course. Like, man, bunch of hypocrites. Like, I hate it. And I argue with people all the time in our industry when they do stuff like that. I'm like, you can't do that because you don't even go talk to the person. But that's how it is. I don't, don't, but I don't have to like it. I I don't think you do. But in any sport, there's always the guy in any sport, no matter how good of a person they are, they're labeled the villain. That's the way That's it's true. always been. And if Bryson DeChambeau doesn't want to adopt this villain mentality, then that's on him. But I don't see him that way. I just see him as a quirky individual that has gone about golf his way, and I think it's refreshing. I love the fact that he is the scientist, and that's like his nickname. And, I mean, I don't know. But you have, have to a- admit, though, he goes about things that opens himself up for critique. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely he does. Like when at the Arnold Palmer, when he was battling a, a slight 
injury and tried to explain the injury itself in a medical in medical terms, I'm pretty sure three or four of the words were made up. Oh, they 100% were. Yeah. Which, which, I would but, never play him in Scrabble because I'd be looking at a dictionary the whole time. When he but that's putts, like Belichick. When he putts, when Bryson putts, forget it. You don't like his... No, 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 no. When he's making putts, when he's actually oh. putting effectively, yes. when he starts getting that going all of the time because the way that he hits the golf ball and the way that he plays overall, he's got that kind of game that if he starts rolling in putts on a consistent basis, it's it's going to be just add him to that list of young, great golfers that are out right now. And that's one of the things that they asked him about, too, in his press conference was like, do you feel like now you're part of the new young guns? You know, that, that whole under thing. He was like, I don't even really know what category I'd put myself in because I don't, I don't consider myself an age. <laughs> See? Again, I know, I know. But <laughs> when he answers that, way, you, that you don't expect him, people to say, like, it's how he comes off. I know what you're saying, and I've See, met the that, guy, and I like yes. him, but it's how he comes off. But this is the thing, and this is why, and I'm not making an excuse for Bryson DeChambeau. I'm just telling you, I've been around this guy, and I understand the way that people talk about him and then sometimes talk to him or through him or try to say things to get him fired up. I understand why he'd have an, the edge that he has because – Look, I'm, I've been there too. People are like you can't talk like that in golf. You can't do that. There's no place for that. Guess what? Yeah, there is. I'm I'm here. So like in a way, I feel that way about Bryson DeChambeau because it's like, look, I've tried those one size fit. Every club is like a six and a half iron. I've tried it. Yeah, we I saw can't. a guy shank one at the U.S. Open. Yeah, was, remember when yeah. we were walking with him? <laughs> yeah, a pro, a pro. That was the best. One. A professional golfer hit a shank last year at the U.S. Open trying to play Bryson's clubs. And even Bryson even told him, I don't know if you want to do that right now. It was on a par three. So yeah. Collins and I are walking with Bryson in a practice round, and we're messing around with him, and he's showing us all these tricks that he can do with a golf club. This and finally, was getting so mad. Oh, we yeah. He's like, would you get your work in? He's like, hey, guys, watch me do this. So then we get to a par three. I think it was the par three ninth or eighth yes. at Aaron Hills. Yep. And the guy that he was in a practice run with, he's like, hey, let me try one. And Bryson's like, eh. You sure? No, 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 let me try one. Okay. It's, a little, uh, it's a little upright. I don't know if you, I don't know if this is going to be right. Remember, put your six iron swing. Nah, let me try it. I can do so it. So then he warns the gallery. He's like, guys, watch out. Be careful. <laughs> Bef before this guy hits. That's right. And then he hits it, and I'll be damned if he didn't shank it so severe <laughs> The fact that this guy still has his eyeball is <laughs> stunning. Yeah, that was that was really funny. And everybody laughed. At first it was funny. Even the marshals and stuff were laughing. And <laughs> you remember when the guy goes, hey, you want that ball back? And the pro, nah. No, no, no. Not no, mine. No. I'm not even nah. sure that ball ever existed. I'm, not, I'm all right. But that was funny, too, because it was in the bunker. We went down into the bunker on that par three ninth hole, and Bryson started – Hey, check this out and watch it. I'm going to play it outside the bunker and try and land it. Watch it won't stay on the green. And now I'm going to hit it off this downslope from in the bunker and check it out, check it out, check it out. And this caddy's like, B, come on, man. We got to get that work in. Let's go. Get your work done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, hey, Matt, Mike, come here, come here. Look, 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 look. Off the upslope. Watch. <laughs> Did he awesome. make the cut that week? Are we to blame for that? No, he. I think he made Did the he cut. cut? What the, I we'll think so. That. Hey, yeah, the guy who hit the shank, not so much. We agree now 
that Furyk has to make him a captain's pick. Doesn't he? Yes. He has you know to. what? The, t- the team's set. I don't agree with it, but the team's set. Give it to me. The four captain's picks are yeah. Tiger, Phil, Tony Finau, and Bryson DeChambeau. They have to be, and I think that's yes. – why don't you agree with that? I think that's fantastic. I'm, I, I would rather have Phil as an assistant captain. I don't I don't believe – I think if – if I think right oh, now – I disagree. Furyk has to make three picks after the BMW, yep. and those three picks have to be Tiger, Tony Finau, and Bryson DeChambeau, yep. and I think he holds Phil close to the vest um, because I think Phil – Look, Phil's never had to be a pick, ever. Can you? I mean, who? No, I don't know that anybody else can say that. Every single Ryder Cup that he has been qualified, every single one that has been played that he has had the opportunity to qualify for, he's qualified on his own merit. He's played at every President Ryder's Cup since '94. Yes, yeah, and it's now 2018. So, you don't want Phil to have go to Paris and have one last run. I disagree with him. I want a, Phil. You know where I want his last run in America. I want him home. No, Two no. Years he, from now. I want him to go over there and take it and bring it home. I did yeah. look. He, he needs can do to that be, as an assistant captain. See, I want him out there because I think Phil, with his flair for the dramatic, I really believe that if Phil gets on and is and can play. He's that guy that'll somehow channel some. Hey, how about this? You said a lot of ifs there. I believe if he and the spectacular, you know what else he can spectacularly do? Fail. I he's trust done that before too. I trust him more than Tiger at a Ryder Cup. Their records are both bad. I know, but in this situation, I, I trust. I trust Phil. What? I do more than Tiger right now. Yeah. Oh, come I on, think because I think Tiger thinks too much. Phil will just go you know and just let him hang. Who you think's going to play with Bryce DeChambeau? It's either going to be Tiger or Phil. And I love that. You ain't putting him with Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson played nine holes last year with or two years ago. Anyway, he played nine holes. DJ played nine holes with Phil and Bryce DeChambeau. And they get to the ninth green. And, and you know, Bryson and Phil, they start going all scientific about the golf swing. And at, they go to the ninth green, and they're going to make the turn. And DJ looks at both of them and goes, I'm out, guys. I'm out, bro. Because <laughs> he goes, if I listen to you guys for one more effing hole, I'll never make an effing putt again. See? That's great. Let them play together at the Ryder Cup and take it to the Europeans. They, But they're not going to take it to the Europeans. What are you putting them in? You're not putting them in foursomes. You imagine, like the places that Phil would put Bryson, you think the scientist <laughs> is getting out of there? Seriously? That's ridiculous. Oh, it's so good though. I can't look. No, I don't. No, I'm not laughing at a loss. I'm not gonna. <laughs> like you're laughing heavy. Like yo, this dude had to get up and down from a croissant. I want the I want the <laughs> entertainment value that these two would provide. I so, will say this. Here's the thing. Okay, look, I will agree with you if you have if you concede one thing. All right, that the Ryder Cup because you said you want him to go over there and bring the Ryder Cup home. Yes. Okay. If you now, then you also just said that you want entertainment value. Yes. Okay. So if you concede that the Ryder Cup itself is an exhibition and not a competition, then I will say, yes, Phil should go because it will be for the entertainment value, but we will not come home with a trophy. And I'm, and you know what? I'm fine with that too. If we go, look, man, we're just, we're going out there to have fun. And you know what? Because originally this was about 
growing the game. Yeah. It's about growing the game. So if we're there having a good time and these dudes are trying to hit these miracle shots all over the place because of where Phil's putting them off the tee, cool. All right, so then I'm in. Now we're making concessions to come to an agreement. So now we're negotiating. So you need That's me correct. to you need me to concede that it's an exhibition, not a competition. Correct. Because right. here's the thing: everyone says we've never won over there in a long time, and everyone wants to go over there to win. Well, if you're going over there to win, then I want the strongest team possible, not the most fun team, not the prettiest team. I want the strongest team. I will concede that. If you concede that Phil Mickelson's awesome on Twitter. I mean, here's why he's he's the he's the parent that just figured out something that the kids are doing. Like he just figured out how to use GIFs. And now all he does on Twitter is hey, use GIFs of himself. He did one the, of us got us one of us got our own GIF. Who's that? Do you have one? I do, I have two. No, you don't. Yes, I you do. You do not have a GIF for yourself. Yes, I do. You do? Yeah. So both of us got? You want me to send it to you? Oh, you can't, like, search it and find it. It's not searchable and usable. Okay, then you don't have a GIF. Okay, so you have one? Yes. How about that? Yeah, I love Yeah, that false look on your face of a little bit of confusion, like when I accidentally drafted in fantasy. And- oh, yeah, we're going to get to that in a minute. Matty and the caddy producer Andrew Brooks is giving me his phone because now I'm going to look under <laughs> Jiffy or is it Giffy? Giffy. All right. Jiff is a peanut butter. Gif. It's not something. Gif. It's Jiff. Okay. Jiff oh. is peanut butter. Yeah, it's also how you. G-A-J. I'm telling you. Okay. That's how it's pronounced. Okay. All right, I so don't we'll, call we'll, her Sade. I call her Sadie. <laughs> we'll get to that. In a, I'm, we're going to find your Jiff here in a minute. Look, I, it's. He's one of the great golfers of all time. This is his Correct. La- this is his last stand at the Ryder Cup. Let it happen. I I don't believe that this has to be his last stand. What do you mean? You just used 2018 and 1994 against him. You're telling me he's going to come back in a couple of years? I'm saying that if he's going to have a going out party, I don't want it to be in a, another country. I want him to go out at home. And you know how the New York crowd loves him. So the fact that he would get to go out at Bethpage like, come on, man. If you're going to do a mic drop, walk off the stage, how are you going to walk off the stage at an away crowd? All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, like, I, I Walk understand. off at a home game. I understand the narrative, but I just don't think why you believe he's going to be more competitive two years from now when he's barely hanging on now. I didn't say he's going to be more competitive two years from now. Again, this comes back to what I said. Is it an exhibition or a competition? If it's an exhibition and we're giving Phil his walk-off, I want him doing it at home. What do you think, by the way, of Phil and Tiger listing the pay per view price at twenty four ninety nine? I ain't paying for it. I ain't watching it. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. They're not playing for their own money, and and I still have not heard. I I mean, you saw on the I I threw it out there to Phil. You saw it. I threw it right out to him and said, "Hey." Loser caddies for the winner at the par three contest at the Masters. I think it's brilliant. I think it is too. And Phil, like you can see in his eyes, he looked like a cat in the dog pound. And I love him to death because he's such a fast thinker on his feet. And he was like, "Uh, well, I'm not quite sure about that because you know Tiger usually likes to have his kids caddy for him, and I like to have special people." 
which I was like, wow, that's kind of messed up. It means your kids were like, nah, dad, I'm good. I don't need the caddy for you. Exactly and this is the other thing where that excuse kind of bothers me. Y'all have lifetime exemptions to the Masters and to the Par 3 contest. Like, your kids can caddy for you there when you're 137 years old. If you want them to, your grandkids can. Look what Nicholas did this year. That's awesome. Nobody remembers. And he got, like, 137 grandkids, too. So that's an excuse to get out of doing that. Because, and I think this is this is why I would pay for it if that was on the line. Because Phil knows if he lost the Tiger and had to put on the Tiger Woods Augusta National jumpsuit with Woods on the back, can you imagine? All the Christ- here's why exactly. It won- but here's why it won't happen because Christmas that would that, but that would take the attention away from these uh, a par three contest that the membership at Augusta National holds very sacred no, to their. Sport. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. The par three contest, dude. Buddy Alexander played. They Get love that thing. Look, I think they can look, do you, it. Hey, you can love hey. it as much as you want to, but you, hey, look, they let they let babies caddy and stuff there. They can they build love... it up. They'll build it up for you, but they don't want it to be big. They don't want it to be about Tiger and Phil. They want it to be about the par three contest is what I'm saying. No, they don't. They don't. No. Augusta National doesn't want something to be about them. It is, look, it's still about them, but the part three contest is about fun and family. And what's more fun than either Phil caddying for Tiger or Tiger caddying for Phil? And then they're gonna play on Thursday. Tell me, hold up, tell me again that there's a room with green jackets going. I don't think we don't need to. That they'll be like, please God. Please, there, that would be the one time the Green Jackets would be like, I'm sure I would be surprised if I didn't get an email going, hey, keep pushing it. Please keep pushing it. I think an I anonymous think, email account. I think you're off on this one. I do. I No, I don't. I think they I would absolutely love it. They would love it. Hey, I know. I mean, listen, when, when Jack Nicholas's grandson made that hole-in-one, yes. it wasn't about Augusta National. It wasn't about Augusta National. No, I it get that. It wasn't even about the par three contest. It wasn't like they had a chance to win. But you so that's just what I mean. But you just said something pretty operative in that, which was grandson, family. It was a family affair. Tiger and Phil are adversaries that would be doing it as a side. They bet. are not adversaries. Oh, anymore. That's right. Anymore. They kissed they and made up. Correct. Now they're like they're like old bros now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they no, forgot. No. They forgot what they was fighting about. And this is again the coming together of these two guys. I mean that's that's win win. The tour ain't mad because the tour don't run the tournament, and Augusta's not getting anything from the pay per view. But guess what? Like, what do you think the ratings for the par three contest would be like? Huge. So Augusta now could run all kinds of commercials on. Hey, don't forget about the Asian amateur that we hold and the South American amateur championship, who also is going to get to be played. Like that is win. Oh, I agree. Win, Win. I agree with what you're saying for all of the right reasons of why it would work. I just think you're being a little lackadaisical in your opinion of thinking Augusta would be all for it. I don't know that they'd be against it, but I don't know that they'd be like, hey, come on, let's do this. All right, we'll move on from that All right. to now Tigers putting because the ball striking this week was really, really good. <laughs> His greens and regulations were really, really good. Like when he's, He has to putt. When's that going to happen? Because it was really, really, really bad. Well, did we not see him the last time he was out have his least amount of putts 
in a major ever. Ever. He had 25 putts that Sunday at the PGA Yeah, Championship. it was brilliant. It was amazing. But when have we ever seen a dude have a putting day like that and then back it? It's like shooting 60. Yes. When you shoot 60, you don't come out the next day and shoot 64. You come out the next day and do – look, hey, look at what Keegan Bradley did. Keegan Bradley shot nine under sixty two and then went out and he had like two double he was shot a seventy five. I mean, talk about crash and burn, but that's that's they call it golf because every other four letter word was taken. No, and I, it's just that's the ebb and flow of golf when and it happens to us as amateurs. The problem is we are so still, so spoiled from Tiger Woods. We're so spoiled because we're used to Superman. When he puts on the Superman suit, dun, 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 he's like flying in the burning buildings, saving babies, 23 putts around, which he's never done. But we think that that's the idea we have in our mind. It's almost like the girlfriend from high school. When you look back and you're like, oh, man, whatever happened? She was beautiful. I don't know why it didn't work out. It was great. She was amazing and great to hang out. And you forget, like, oh, she, she was kind of psycho and I was kind of psycho. And it was a horrible. The only thing about the good memories. And that's how we are with Tiger. You think, man, this dude used to make everything he ever looked at. I think. Nah, he really didn't. But. You, you're, you've you been traveling. You're wrong a lot today. What? I mean, you're. you're I you're, am you're, on three hours sleep, but I, I'm right about everything. You, you, you're filibustering about Shambeau, you're talking about Tiger. Like, what if Tiger was so good lately? Then why did he switch putters a month ago? If everything was, was okay, it's so, been so, longer than a month. The one thing we've seen out of Tiger this season has been subpar putting all year. Oh, dude, his ball striking at times has been horrific with the driver, especially. Well, that, but you, like, you're remember, the first to say that he's done that. His, he's done it that his was, whole career, though. I well, hold up, then. How can his ball? See, this is what I don't understand, man. You're just saying that his ball striking has been great and his putting has been terrible, but now you're going okay. Well, in reality, his ball striking his whole career. No, what I'm saying is, is you team. can't. He, but you're the one that has said it numerous times that Tiger has been all over the place with his driver his entire career. Because he has been, and the reason that he's able to hit miracle recovery shots is because he doesn't miss his drive three yards off the fairway, which is the worst rough on the golf course. He misses 30 yards off the fairway to where all the people are, and all you need is an opening because you got a pretty good lie because all the grass and the nasty stuff has been trampled down. And that's – I don't have a problem with that. Like, you risk missing big, missing big, and then you get rewarded sometimes when you miss big. So that part's fine. I just don't remember when Jordan Spieth made everything he looked at. Yeah. And then he went through a time when he didn't. And you remember when Jason Day made everything he looked at? Then he went through a time when he didn't. Dustin Johnson's putting has always just been, meh, it's all right. It's not great. But when he's hitting it inside 10 feet and then makes it one or two 15-footers, bingo, bango, boingo, dude's number one in the world. That lasts for a few months, and then he gone. Brooks Kepka just went through the same thing. So I don't understand when people are like, 
Tiger has to fix his putting. He had one round where he had 35 putts. You know, over the weekend, he had 28 putts on Saturday and 28 putts on Sunday. That's not horrible. That ain't terrible. It's not. It's but, not terrible. But if you so listen what's to, there to fix? Well, I don't know. If you listen to the guy after his round and he's the one blaming his putting for the reason he's not scoring well, I kind of listen to the golfer that says his putting hasn't been good. Don't listen to Tiger Woods because he's the same dude when he hits four fairways goes, I felt really confident with my driver today. And no one goes, what? They all just nod their heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah I felt confident with the driver today. And then they walk away and be like, wait, hold on. How many fairways did he hit? Four. Four? Like, Tiger is when it comes to stuff like that, he's the greatest bullcrapper that there is at at doing the pump fake on people. Because he knows hardly ever does anyone call him out for it right there at the time. Because everybody's trying to there's two hundred people with two hundred different questions and they ask him something, you know, how'd you feel out there today? Well, I felt like I had good control of my driver. I was a little disappointed with my irons and stuff. You know what Tiger hasn't been talking about? Why his wedges have sucked. He they can't hit a good. green. He can't hit a green from 115 yards. That's not an in-between shot. That's a full sand wedge. You can't hit a green with that. How come you're not talking about that? Because that's a problem. That's a serious problem. So it's- see, when people are like, he got to change putters and do this. Nah, you know what he needs to do. He needs to do what DJ did. Get yourself that track, man. Get your ass on the driving range and don't hit one club more than 120 yards. Yeah, and I, look, I don't think he needs to switch putters. I mean, he switched putters himself because he wasn't hitting it with the old putter that he's used his entire career, so he decided to try to switch something up, and that has worked okay. It hasn't been great. I just don't think that if you look at some of Tiger's putting over the last couple of weeks, aside from Sunday at the PGA Championship – I think that he's been average at best. I agree with you there, and I love. I will say this: I love the fact that Tiger was completely honest when it came to. I just couldn't see the line. He was talking about a four foot putt, and he saw three breaks. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? Time to get that LASIK checked out. And yeah, and there's stuff that he needs to do. But fact of the matter is this: he played. I think it was what what day was it when he uh bogey free Friday or Saturday? Saturday. Is, Saturday bogey free, Sunday one bogey. And look, that, look, well, he was bogey one free bogey for the first time this the weekend. Yeah. So, look, every week we talk about Tiger and something gets better. I just think that at some point he's going to need to get that putter back to where we're consistently talking about him. Uh, you know what I want some, Tiger to do? What's that? Take a week off. That's, I said that earlier. I said it was if it were up to me, which obviously it clearly isn't. But I wouldn't even like big on him playing in these FedEx Cup playoffs. I really wouldn't. See, man, I'm I wasn't a hundred percent behind that idea for the whole playoffs, but now thinking about the Ryder Cup, I'm I'm actually would be cool with that. And I would be cool if he shut it down. The last week would have been the perfect week for him to shut it down. Cause then he could have played Deutsche Bank. And BMW, because yep. Deutsche Bank starts on Friday. Like, yeah, you get an extra day off, but it's a day. Now you're going to play Deutsche Bank, BMW, have a week off, go Tour Championship, and Ryder Cup. Like, you're going straight to Paris from Atlanta. I would be, <laughs> you know, I don't like wishing anybody bad luck. But if he didn't make the cut at Deutsche Bank and didn't make the Tour Championship and BMW was the last one he played in Philly, I would be cool with that. 
Yeah, I mean, look, that might <laughs> that might be in his head too. Like, hey, I need to at least shut it down at some point. Let's see. Yeah, what he but can he do. he's too much of a competitor to go out there and just no, like, I agree fake with it. That. I you know what I mean? He won't. There's no way he's sandbagging it around there. You know, because everybody would just they would take him to task for it, which ain't right. No, you'd stick up for him because you're sticking up for everything today on the podcast. We got to get you home for a while and get you some some. I just. We we, we got to get you some good cynicism in you for a little bit. Uh, all right, coming up next, uh, Caddy, fantasy draft. Caddy makes some history, but first, recently I've been receiving all of my tips from the clothing experts at Peter Millar. If you're a golfer like me, you know the name. If you don't, you should, because Peter Millar is all about quality, value, and style. It's the most comfortable clothing I have ever worn. Right now, I'm wearing their five pocket pants. What I love about these pants is they offer so much comfort and style no matter what I am doing. They're lightweight, highly breathable, made from the highest quality Pima cotton and have comfort stretch for ease of movement. They fit like your favorite jeans with style to be worn anywhere. They have Peter Millar's exclusive wash and finish to enhance the softness. They can be worn year round and since they're machine washable, they're easy to take care of. I never have to worry about what to wear to any occasion. Peter Millar my go-to clothing for vacation, work events, golf course, and even working out. So the five pocket pants I'm wearing right now are the most comfortable pair of pants I have ever worn. And I can say that about everything I've ever worn from Peter Millar. Right now, head over to PeterMillar.com slash Maddie to check out some of my Peter Millar favorites. Be sure to use my link and you'll receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. Free hat's good. That's Peter Millar. M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash Maddie. Peter Millar dot com slash Maddie. Coming up next, the caddy makes history. Welcome back, Maddie and the caddy. We appreciate the download and listening, the fun. Uh, as you know, if we're getting close to the Ryder Cup and the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup, that means Fantasy football and football is near. We are uh, this week's the opening week of college football. The NFL follows a week later. Uh, if you guys are fans of Maddie and the Caddy, you know that we were. I hosted the fantasy football marathon, and that the Caddy was a drafter in the actual draft in the end of our fantasy football marathon here at ESPN. So My let- cable guys recognized me from that from the marathon. I got home when I landed, came to my house, and I had to have some work done. From, I guess they something wasn't right with the cable, so I'm at the house and three cable trucks show up, not one, three, and that it made me nervous at first because I was like, "Yo, maybe those aren't really cable trucks. <laughs> maybe there are others. Something else is going down." <laughs> you know what I mean? But it turned out they were actually were working on the cable, and the dude, one of the dudes that came in, was like, "Hey, uh, aren't you the ESPN?" Caddy guy, you were in the fantasy draft. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I was, man. It's cool. So I hooked him up with hats. And now my cable's blazing. Good. See, that yeah. that goes back to what my you were internet. saying earlier where it pays to be nice to people. Pays to be nice, man. And I, hooked him up. I got him some ESPN hats and stuff. It was cool. It's stunning nice. to me that you were on the fantasy football marathon as a drafter, yet for the first time in the decades plus that I've been playing fantasy football, someone drafted Two kickers and two defenses. Hold up. And it was That Collins. is not my fault. It was that the is... caddy. Look. Two the kickers two... and oh. two defenses. This Sir. is like that. This is like that commercial, man. Where the dude just the whole day was ruined because I am now remember you set the draft while I was still in the media center for the Northern Trust. So 
Of course, it's at the end of the night. I don't have time to jump in the car and make it to the hotel, which apparently has a steadier Internet than what the media center had at the Northern Trust because right when, because it's that wraparound draft, I had two picks. The snake draft for those. Yes, the snake draft. I had two picks in like, I don't know, 12 minutes. And right as my draft guy popped up, Bam, some idiot pulls the cable or turns off the internet. So the AP guy is throwing a fit, a photographer and video guy who is uploading stuff. Everybody starts throwing a fit, and I'm like, oh, no, it's going to auto-draft. And I didn't realize that the auto-draft, what it does is whatever you put in your queue, whatever's the top, whatever be the top point thing or the highest rank, that gets drafted. Who's okay? So okay, stay right so there. I was stupid enough to I, put I'll be kickers the first to admit. in your queue in your defense. So it is your fault. Who puts kickers and defenses in their queue? Well, let me think here. Um, if the object of fantasy football is to score the most points, then if you are smart, what you'll do is you'll go, okay, what two kickers scored the most fantasy points? What two are going to be the best opportunity for that? What two defenses scored the most fantasy points? Maybe I should check them out. So (laughs) as everybody did make fun of the fact, and I am a little disappointed, a little upset, hoping some people want to make some trades a little bit later, but I will say, I got the two best defenses, and I got the two best kickers. Oh, good so, for you. What's whatever. What's that going to get you a combined? You know 10? what that's going to get me? What? That's going to get me a win over you by the <laughs> kicker. Either that <laughs> you know or what? the defense I, is going <laughs> to score a touchdown. It's going to be either you or our producer, or Brooksy. I'm telling you all right now, talking all that smack on me, I'm telling you all right now, I can't wait to beat somebody because of the kicker or my defense because I'm going to talk so much smack. Y'all going to want to kick me out the league. Well, we already do. Well, actually, <laughs> we're, everyone You're, was – That's already lobbying. Everyone was saying, now I understand why you invited Caddy to be in the league because he dressed two defense and two kickers. Because he's kickers. an easy win. That yep, was we'll embarrassing. It wasn't embarrassing. It was an internet thing. It was not – look, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't like I was going to have those guys set up to be drafted next. The guys I was looking for, I was looking at a wide receiver and a running back. Those were the two positions that I wanted to kind of shore up because I had two guys there that I was like, no one has taken these guys, and they're going to be sleepers. And then, of course, they're gone because I got one pick left after that debacle of Internet right there. But it's you know what? I can make lemons out of lemonade. That's fine. That's I love, cool. too, that 7.30 Eastern was inconvenient for you and everybody thought it was a great draft time. Not to mention, you were one of the people that complained about it being at 6 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. So I changed it. If the draft would have been at 6 p.m., what time does the tournament finish? About 6 6 p.m. About 6 p.m. Yeah, thank you very much. So what time do you think your boy is going to be sitting there trying to interview uh, Bryson and his caddy? Like, that is for golf. Who are you kidding? Golf guys? Bob Harrig interviews the winner. You were riding Tiger who was done at 2 o'clock. Did you just say that I ride Tiger and Bob Harry? <laughs> Harrig is the journalist of you two. He, we need to get him with the winners. I'm not gonna. I won't deny that he's the journalist. He is a. He's the writer. He's the one that can type with his both hands on the keyboard hey. and look to the right and read at the same. I'll be. The, I'll admit that. That's cool. Let's. Bet. But why don't you? Let's go to Instagram and Twitter and see which one of us. 
roll with Bryson and Bentley. Got him on video. And let's see who talked to Bryson's caddy, Tim Tuck. It wasn't Bob Harrig. He didn't do that. He's busy Although being, I will say, he's I will busy give being him a this. journalist for the company. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's company journalist. That's very funny. It's true. Hey, let's but let's bet whose uh, let's bet whose fantasy team finishes better. You, me, Brooksy, Andrew Brooks, producer of the program. What are we betting? I don't know. We got to think of something. How about this? Hit us up. I'm already on, getting a tattoo. Hit us up on Twitter. Oh, I'm not getting a tattoo. I can tell Look, you. Look, as I said, you said it right now. What are we betting? And there's a telemarketer trying to call me right now. Hit us up on Twitter at Maddie and Caddy. What should the bet be for whose fantasy team the finishes better? Myself, Andrew Brooks, or, or Michael Collins? And I can tell you, Brooks has two defenses. He does not have two kickers. See, um, so we'll we'll bet on that. And finally, what See, music? I can't wait till I, who whoever has a kicker who has the first bye week. I'm you go pick the, up a kicker. A, you act the like they're these prize. The no, you won't. No okay. one is trading you for a kicker. Okay. Okay. I love how you think right. you're on to something. Cool. Man, I'm going to invite Nobody's you more fantasy league. For, Nobody's trading me for a defense either, right? Hey, what? No, Nobody's they're not. Okay. Oh, cool. man. You're cool. going to get so many right. fantasy football invites from the patrons this week because they're going to be like, oh, this dude is bad. Please, yo, it's ESPNCaddy at gmail.com. Holla at your boy. Hey, finally. That's my real email, ESPNCaddy, all one word, C-A-D-D-I-E, at gmail.com. I don't think Holla we have that email. Boy. We've got different ones. Um, what music well, were you What music were you and Bryson listening to in the car ride? And don't lie. We didn't have any music on because we wanted to hear the engine because we were gunning it. It was a green SUV Bentley. And it was it had a V eight in it, and when he st- he kept getting mad because he kept wanting to floor it, but there kept being cars in front of us. So you so guys he- were eventually the valet dudes in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You were like getting off. Not on eventually, the engine. correct. We were because let me tell you something, man. You put the pedal to the metal on a Bentley V eight SUV, bro. The front end lifts up. It had so much power, and of course, it's got those buttery leather seats that. Like squeeze you when you sit in them. It's like getting a hug. You know what I mean? It just—it is so. I was just—I'm so jealous that dude. If you're gonna sign a deal where every week, wherever town you play in, like you get there and everybody else can jump in, like the BMW, which is one of my favorite cars in the whole world. Anyway, like this week they were driving BMWs. Some weeks they drive Mercedes. Some weeks they drive Lexus. But every tournament. Bryson plays in, he goes and picks up a Bentley. So everybody else rolls in whatever, and then you got he, he rolls deep in a Bentley. Yeah, and that's just that's gangster. Is that's he gonna is he gonna roll gangsta. deep in a roll deep in a Bentley and join us on Maddie and a Caddy? Yeah, he said he would come on. Yeah, all right, come on. I'll, uh, Why wouldn't I look forward to that? I'll, I know we'll catch him in the off season and stuff. Yeah, which would be fun. You know what? What's cool. You know we got a spot down in the Bahamas. Oh, now you're talking. It's down in Albany. So yeah, yeah, that now, Maddie now we'll and the Caddy travel. We do. We do road shows. Yeah. Oh, you know what though? What? I'm sorry. They only let people that got two fantasy football defenses in the Bahamas. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Yeah. you know what? Me and Bryson will do it, and you can stay in Connecticut and do it as a remote. Pump. All right. You know what? Fine. And I'll, <laughs> you can take your two kickers and be exactly where you belong. Nowhere near. Yes, the a Bahamas. That's where I belong. No. In the Bahamas with Bryson in Albany. All right. Chilling. 
As always, we appreciate the download <laughs> and the support, the social media love at Maddie and Cat, A M A T T Y and C A D D I E. That is Instagram. That is Twitter. Coming up next week as we embark on the NFL season, Doug Peterson, head coach, world champion Philadelphia Eagles is our guest. And Most importantly, I will have my ink by then. Oh, no one. Look, because you're getting a. Don't st- say no one cares, You're bro. getting a stomach Don't tattoo. Don't say no one cares. You're a stomach tattoo. A stomach tattoo. Bro, you know Philly how long special. that would take to do? <laughs> because they got to shave it first, yo. It depends. How long did it take to paint the Sistine Chapel? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how excited the artist is who sent the art for my tattoo. I'm going to text it to you. Right. I'm going to text you the tattoo because, I mean, we might let's let the crowd, let's let our fans know Doug Peterson designed my tattoo. That's right. He was your architect. Correct. So, and I am flying out to, uh, on Sunday, I'm flying to Scottsdale, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, so that there you go. You can see it. That's your tattoo. Yeah. That has all the elements that he asked all right, for. We're right? going to, we are putting that up on Instagram. Okay. We're going to put I'll that put up, on, up Instagram. on Instagram. Put it on Instagram. Okay. Uh, and I can't wait. And then we're going to see pictures of you crying getting your tattoo. No, man, because the guy who's I'm doing it with, Bob Parsons, owns a Harley Davidson dealership that's got a wedding chapel. Yeah. Because he's an ordained minister. I'm not getting married. Of course he is. But he also has got a Harley shop. Imagine a billionaire who's inked up, and that's this dude. This dude. And and he want, the only reason I'm going out there is because he wants to get inked too, and now it's an excuse, excuse for him. But this tattoo is going to be banging. All right, so while you're there, get me some PXGs, and we'll uh, talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. We'll be all good. Maybe I'll get you some PXGs if you make a trade for one of my kickers. Oh, yeah, that's what I want. What are your kickers? Uh, Defense. <laughs> he is the caddy. I am the Maddie, Matt Berry. Appreciate the listen and the download. Catch you next week right here on Maddie and the Caddy. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.